It's time for the Drive's Top 4 at 4. All right, so hour number two of the drive underway. And the top four at four is brought to you this afternoon by Parkside Kia, where we broadcast from live this afternoon. Tucker Harlan, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, Tennessee center Cooper Mays has announced he will return for a fifth season for the Vols in 2024. He missed the first four games of the 2023 season after undergoing a minor surgery. Well, yeah, I mean, they say it's a minor surgery, um, there wasn't anything I mean, minor about it from what I heard. Allude to it, it was a hernia deal. Like it doesn't sound very minor. It might be minor as far as football injuries compared to like a you know ACL or a torn up shoulder or something like that. But I, that that was hard to recover from, and I really hope that he's able to get healthy. It's kind of like Josiah Jordan James. You know, he was always banged up, and it feels like he's been healthy this year and had a full off season to go, and and he's playing. Hopefully Cooper can, you know, go through spring practice and off-season conditioning and be 100% to start the season and go through the season playing at his best because I don't know that we that he was at his best at any point this season because of that injury. No, we. I mean, we saw it last year, and you saw where we ended up. I'm not saying – I mean, he's, he's that important of a piece in our offense, so – yeah, well, I bet he got a nice little chunk out of the NIL war chest. Had to have. Deservedly so. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I've ha- I had it. I had one. It was pretty bad one. And, like, I, I just can't imagine lifting anything or, or, you know, much less playing football. Just in a really bad – those are really – they're not very good spots to – I mean, you're just sore. Yeah. So at number at number two, Tennessee running back Jalen Wright has declared for the NFL draft and will not play in the Citrus Bowl. Wright rushed for over a thousand yards this season, the most by a Tennessee running back since Jalen Hurd did it back in 2015. Yeah, nice career here. Yeah, he did. Didn't play much as a freshman. Um, got uh, basically split the carries with small last year and then kind of emerged as rb1 this year and that's kind of the template that i think you can sell to some running backs in the recruiting process is hey come here we'll let you get your feet wet a little bit your first year kind of like cam selden has this season you'll get to play a lot your sophomore year and if you are who we think you are who you think you are then your third you'll be year a star by the time you're a junior and off to the nfl yeah yeah, a lot of big runs from Jalen Wright. Uh, even though you know we ended up getting dusted by him, uh, opening play against Georgia. I mean, that, that's not that was an just unbelievable uh, run. And good luck to him. Appreciate that he came he, here. He was not a super highly touted guy out of high school. He I was think tiny. He I think he might have gotten a four star rating on one of the services, but I think he was a consensus three star. And but he was a track guy. He was a little smaller. He used, got in the weight room, added a lot of weight, maintained his speed, and now he's going off to the NFL. So, And, and it sounds like Dylan Sampson is going to have a similar trajectory as well, hopefully. Yeah. At number three, number 12, Tennessee takes on NC State tomorrow night in San Antonio as part of the Hall of Fame Classic. Tip-off is at 10 p.m. Kevin Fitzgerald, Carolyn Peck have the call 
for this one, and as we alluded to earlier, they will be using those dreaded Spalding balls. Kevin Fitzgerald and Carolyn Peck. Yeah. Is I'll be listening a to Bob and... Yeah. I forget where. Like, maybe Purdue, maybybe? Purdue. Was it? Did, she was connected somehow to Summit, right? There was a Caroline Peck was. that used to live in Knox. I mean, the Pecks owned Long's Drugstore forever. Is that who you're getting confused with? Oh, yeah. Okay, so she uh, <laughs> was at Jefferson County High School. That's oh, her time. She's a Jeff County girl. Okay. Played at Vandy. Uh. Vandy girl. Assistant for Pat Summit. There it is. Okay. And well, good for yes, her. She was a head coach at Purdue. All right. Well, um, hopefully that's the least of our issues <laughs> tomorrow with the broadcast team. we got to overcome this basketball, evidently, is what everybody's worried about tonight. And It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Basketball is not going to prevent us from beating lousy NC State. You see, they're like number 70 in the Ken Palm rankings. They ain't, ain't played nobody, Paul. Ain't beat nobody. Ain't played nobody, Paul. Is it time for us, since we've got a, a basketball feature Saturday and uh, football uh, obviously coming up in the fall, uh, should we just go ahead and start some stuff with that fan base? I don't know, but, yeah, I like how you've got uh, – you're already describing it as football coming up in the fall. Not done with this season yet. Bears already ready for 2024. I want to see uh, Nico. I am too. And finally, at number four, the Los Angeles Chargers have fired both head coach Brandon Staley and GM Tom Telesco. Uh, some moments from Staley's tenure that led to this decision were the uh, 2021 uh, winner go home game on Sunday night football against the Raiders, in which both teams were essentially playing for a tie to make the playoffs yeah uh the game last year in the wild card uh between the chargers and the jaguars where the chargers led 27-0 late in the first half lost the game 31-30 and of course they lost last night 63-21 to the raid to the raiders again it's total no show uh, yeah oh yeah it was awful but in staley's words last night in his post-game press conference games like this happen <laughs> yeah they happen to guys that are getting ready to get fired well, he was – he did a tour duty. He was a grad assistant here. Really? Under Dooley, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. I knew he was with the Rams before he took the Chargers job. He was the D.C. there. Yeah, he, he was a young assistant here in Knoxville for a year and didn't work out for him there in L.A. Nope. They'll no. probably recycle him somewhere, though. It's a good job for somebody to – Step in there, and you, you've got a quarterback. Reed thinks that's where Belichick's landing. Huh. And apparently he's – I mean, he's said it for a while now. Well. Wouldn't we'll that see. be interesting? Thank you, Tucker. That is the top four at four. It's brought to you by Parkside Kia, where we broadcast from this afternoon. Look, at, He's taking those stickers off the new wheels. Wow. You see, I've never seen that before. No, I haven't seen that either. Fascinating. Is the Sorrento still out there? No, actually. It's an uh, EV today. It, it's bigger than the Sorrento, but I like the Sorrento better. I mean, it, it, it's good. I mean, you can still get you I, one. Yeah, I could. 
thinking about it. Who wears the pants Took in this a relationship, HR? earlier today. Great cars out here. We got the Sportage, Sorento, Telluride, great SUVs, Kia makes here, the Soul, the Forte, the Carnival. You can come out and test drive them all, one by one. I guess that would kind of be weird, but come out here, take a test drive. Pick you something out. Go for a little spin. It's a beautiful day for a drive at Parkside Kia, 9929 Parkside Drive. Come on down. Tell them Fan Run Radio sent you when you come in and talk to one of their friendly sales professionals down here at Parkside Kia. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Willie. Good afternoon, Willie. Willie, you there? Willie, you there? Hold on just a second, Russ. Am I, am I being impatient? <laughs> no, you're really not. Second time in a row. Willie, you there, buddy? I guess he no. dropped. All lines currently available. If you want to jump in, now's a great time to take a shot. 865 546 8200. Your number to get on the show this afternoon, 546-8200. Don't forget, folks, sign up for our Fan Run Bowl Picks Contest presented by Crown Cleaners. The contest starts tomorrow when the first bowl game kicks off at 11 a.m. in Myrtle Beach. Ah, yes, the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Is it New Mexico and uh, uh, Georgia Southern? It's Georgia Southern and somebody. Well. Let me look at Real quick. I remember. I mean, it brings There's back Georgia so Southern many. Georgia Ohio. That's who it is. It brings back so many memories for me personally. I mean, I just remember being a, a young boy, not not knee-high to a grasshopper. And during the Christmas holidays, I would see my father in his sitting room in his smoking jacket and his favorite leather chair. And uh, he would be there, and he would turn to me with a twinkle in his eye, and he'd say, son, come here. And I'd say, yes, Papa. And he would say, today, we are going to watch the Myrtle Beach Bowl together. I mean, just those memories. Just those memories of, oh, of Christmas with family and football. The Myrtle Beach Bowl, Tucker, it doesn't get any more tradition rich than that, I tell you. I, I wish I could agree. I, I remember when that thing became a, a bowl game not too long they ago. They play that on the Chanticleers on the yeah, on the teal turf. Yeah, the teal the teal carpet. Listen, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. That here. field looks like it's flat too. It looks like it, it, like it doesn't have a crown. I, I can't. I so like strange. it. I like the. It makes it feel like more like the holidays. You know, puttering around the house, TV's on, football's on there. It's not like you're going to get real into who's playing again, New Mexico and who? It's Georgia Southern and Ohio. <laughs> no, I, I made up New Mexico. Oh. They have nothing to do with it. Okay. Please? Well, speaking of New Mexico, that's who uh, New Mexico State's playing CG's Fresno State Bulldogs. The Aggies are? Yeah. I believe Ooh. that's the New Mexico Aggies Bowl. and the Bulldogs. Yeah. Throw out the record Throw books. the records out the window when those two get together. Well, we, got, uh, we do have Willie back. <clears throat> we got our technical difficulty worked out on this end. Oh, good. All right. Willie, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, sir. I can't believe you guys can't remember who Carolyn Peck is. I mean, they're, I'm getting her mixed up. Who was the lady who was at Texas for a long time who was also a Pat Summit disciple? 
No, Carolyn Peck. I'm sitting right here at the Bojangles in Jefferson City. Now, overlooking her nice. home, or looking up at her home, over on Jaybird Hill here in Jefferson City. She won a, She played at Vanderbilt, and then she went on and uh, was head coach at Purdue and won a national championship. What? She played for, maybe we, ought to, maybe she we co- ought to get her to replace Holly Jolly. That wouldn't be a bad choice. She, um, she, um, she was an assistant on Summit staff, so she got she's got roots to the program. But she she played her college ball at Vanderbilt. Well, whenever they decide to get serious about women's basketball again here, they're going to have to be willing to go outside the family and go find the absolute best coach they can. I mean, it would be nice if. They had ties to Pat Summit, but it can't be a prerequisite for being the coach here anymore. I agree. Carol Lawson probably a better choice. Yeah, I've, I've been following her a little bit, and she just uh, – they got blowed out by South Carolina earlier this year, and I, I don't know, Willie. I mean, I love Carol Lawson, but – Six and four currently. They, they need – they need the best, man. They need to demand the best. It's not going to get fixed with half measures. You got to go all the way. Speaking of demanding the best, that's what we need to do with our football program. We need to demand the oh, best. Boy. The Jughead's not the best. There oh, we go. Boy. Willie, we were doing you know. so good. We, we were doing so good, and, like, th- this is not a good look. I mean, the guy's won 20 games in two years, and you're coming on here ripping him, wanting to run it. I mean, this is why we can't have nice things, Willie. Well, I just think I'd much rather have Jamie Chadwell, and it's all about timing. If we don't get him, somebody else is like the Florida Gators, and we're going to be sitting here holding a jug of milk between our shoulders. I remember people saying the exact same about thing about Billy Napier. You got to go get him. Florida might get him. Well, they got him. Look at him. He's horrible. I'd take Billy Napier. I'd take Billy Napier over Jughead. No, you wouldn't stop that, Willie. That's absurd. You know, you would not. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know we can recruit. Jughead can't recruit. I mean, Willie, call me crazy, but I'd rather have a guy that shown he can go. He can win 10 games and beat Alabama and Florida, by the way, than a guy who's – what has what uh, Napier done there? He's seven games at the max? So you'd rather really have a one-year one wonder. currently as a head coach down there. Willie. One-year wonder. One-year wonder. See well, you guys. If he's a one-year wonder, then what is Billy Napier? A no-year wonder. Guys, 11 and 14. I mean, Willie, have you been hitting the eggnog early? You've been uh, sipping I, I think he's still cough syrup? Uh, probably more accurate. Remember, he's still recuperating from uh, convalescing from uh, – he had major – I think he had his knee replaced or something. Okay. How long is that going to be an excuse for calling for Josh Heupel to be replaced with Jamie Chadwell? Uh, I mean, it, it none because it, the only reason is, is he's – he would feel this way whether or not he was maybe or maybe not still on high-powered narcotics. But when he's on him, he definitely will call in and make his, uh, make his, uh, you know, well, make Willie, it known, that, his thoughts. It, I, I know why you are a staunch defender of Willie because you two are peas from the same pod in that everything is personal. 
right? Everything's personal with Bear. Everything's personal with Willie. There's if you have some sort of obscure tie to Jeff County or East Tennessee, otherwise, whether it's uh, John Gruden or uh, Jamie Chadwell or George Quarles, Carolyn Peck evidently is now in this club as well. It's just about the tie. Doesn't really matter if you're any good or not. If you have some sort of East Tennessee tie, and if and if Willie knows you, oh, all, all the better. If, if there's been some sort of personal meeting, some sort of personal audience, you shake hands, got a picture, something like that, you're in Willie's graces forever. Uh, I mean that that's not it for me. Most of the people that you know, they used to make fun of me for Fant until I pointed out to you that he was one of the best players on the team last year. I tried to make what? that weird. What does that have to do with anything? Because you said you used me as an example. You said that's why I always take up for Willie. Did I did I mishear that? I still don't understand your logic, but we got to take a quick time out. We're live today at Parkside Kia in West Knoxville. It's a beautiful day, folks. Come on out. Say hello. 865-546-8200 is your number if you want to get in here this afternoon. 546-8200, your number to get on the drive. We'll take a quick time out. We're back with Back here on the drive, it's Fan Run Radio coming to you live this afternoon from Parkside Kia in West Knoxville. I'm Russell Smith alongside Tucker Harlan. Bear back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios as a little piece of breaking news here this afternoon. Don't have to go back to the desk here, Tucker Harlan, but one of the uh, now former Vols in the transfer portal has found a new home. Oh, let me turn your mic on there. There you go. Danico Slaughter has committed to Arkansas. Hmm. Mm-mm. How do we so feel about that, Russell? We'll have to play against him next year. Yes. In the first weekend of October that Tennessee plays. All right, Slaughter. I, I don't like it, man. I, I think that's a loss for Tennessee. I mean, he was a, a very experienced player. I don't know if that was just purely an NIL deal where we weren't going to pay him what he thought he should get and Arkansas was or – he was get, not getting along with his position coach, or he just wanted to change the scenery. I, I don't know what the the reason behind it was, but I just I, I would have liked to have seen him remain in Orange, and I hope it doesn't come back to haunt us next year. But you did bring something up yesterday about these guys that have hit the portal and you know potentially landing at Arkansas, um, at least with him and maybe some of the others. You can game plan a little bit because you know about their strengths yeah. as a player if you're Josh Hype. So that maybe- you know maybe what? that works in their favor. It, maybe, but it could work two ways if you want to look at the glass half empty for a second. I mean, they pick some things up about our offense and our defense that they'll be able to share with the Arkansas coaching staff. Yeah, funny you should mention that. Um, the You saw who Saban hired, didn't you? And will be yes. with the team as they prepare for the playoffs. What a savvy move, Saban. What, what, what? Just a complete cutthroat. That, a, that guy is just a crafty devil, as they say. Do they still say that? Yeah, I mean, we need 
I, I don't know, but we need to we need to do that. I'm to the point anymore that this sport has become so amoral and so win at all cost that whenever I hear somebody doing something that even I don't even know if that's shady or not, but if it even whiffs of shadiness, if there's even a hint of shadiness, I'm like, oh, we need to be doing that too. Yeah, let's, <laughs> my let's go. Immediate reaction. It's like, I, I, I think about, oh man, we need to find somebody who coached with Napier, a disgruntled Florida player, so to bring him into the fold so that he could spill all the secrets and we can make sure we win that game next year. We need to get somebody from the Kirby system in there. That's what we need. The former Georgia assistant, maybe just an analyst, somebody who's been back there pushing buttons but knows how their particular sausage is made. Just offer that guy hundred grand more per year than he's making down there. Bring him up here. Get him set up. Well, he picked up this guy. I don't know why he left up there. But I think his last year with them was maybe last year or the year before. Mm. How about this nugget from Jordan Moore, the overtime crew, J-Mo. With the announcement by Cooper Mays that he will return in the 2024 season, it may give Tennessee the most veteran, experienced, oldest offensive line in college football heading into 2024. Combined average age of the offensive line when the 2024 season starts, 22.6. Average age, 22 and a half years old. Uh, combined amount of starts going into the 2024 season, 114. Four of the fifth Four of the five will be fifth-year seniors. One will be a seventh-year senior. Who's the seventh year? Is that Campbell? It's not Cooper? Oh, that's Campbell. Yeah, Campbell's, that's right. Campbell's a grown man. So, are we are we assuming that Karik is this is the left guard in this scenario? Yeah, I just gotta hope he's gotten better. I mean, we could still recruit over him theoretically develop one of these young freshmen so it'd be uh, left to right Campbell at left tackle Kark left guard Cooper at center Spraggs at right guard Mincy at right tackle that's good yeah why do you think I'm so happy today I like it I like it if you're just joining us uh, the big news uh, we've had a couple of couple of nuggets uh, pop out today. First of all, Jalen Wright is opting out. So he will not be with the team when they begin bowl practice tomorrow and will not be a part of the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Expect uh, Jabari Small or Dylan Sampson to get the start. And there's been a lot of speculation that Jabari Small may opt out as well. So perhaps a first career start for Dylan Sampson, Sampson is, is coming. Um Cooper Mays announcing that he will be returning next year for the fifth-year senior season, as we just discussed. And still no word on Joe Milton at this point. I'm operating. I'm just assuming that he's going to be there tomorrow and he's going to be the quarterback for the bowl game. And it'll be his last ball game for the Volunteers. Let's hear a clip that Davey Hudson from the Volunteer Reaction sent me this week. They had Jim Nagy who is one of the directors of the Senior Bowl on their show, Hot Mike, in Nashville with Chad Withrow and Jonathan Hutton. And they asked him about 
Joe Milton and his pro potential. Of course, Milton is going to be down at the Senior Bowl. Listen to what Jim Nagy, on a day when we have Mark Nagy on the show, that just hit me. That's pretty cool. Listen to what Jim Nagy had to say about Joe Milton. Quarterback development goes across college football with the transfer portal. I, Chad and I were having a discussion uh, 15 minutes or so about, about uh, are we seeing the same type of development from a QB in college as they move into professional football? I would imagine that's very difficult if you're jumping around and trying to match skill set with system and then learning said system just for a year, for a flash. Have you noticed that since 2021 doing what you're doing? I'll say a couple things um, in terms of the development. You know, these guys, in a lot of cases, they're not getting the on-field reps they need, so they're, they're going to find other places to do so. And, I mean, I think Bo Nix is a, is a great example of that. He played right away at Auburn, and now we've got a guy with 60 career starts, which is a, an amazing case. But that's not always the case. you got guys like Joe Milton. We just got a commitment from, from Joe Milton from Tennessee the other day. You know, and it, it took Joe really five years to become the guy. You know, he spent all that time in Ann Arbor. Uh, and then goes to Knoxville and sits behind him and Hooker, and and this was his football team. So even though he's in school a long time, like he didn't really get a chance to develop too much on the football field. Um, but where I think these guys are ahead, and someone asked me the question the other day in the media about Joe Milton in particular, um, and just said, you know, from that Tennessee offense, is it going to be difficult for him coming down there to the Senior Bowl, running a lot of NFL concepts? I said it really shouldn't be. He spent three years at Michigan, you know, so – so these guys, they probably are a little further ahead just mentally. Um, they're exposed to so many different offenses now when they're when they're transferring that um, I think in some cases they're actually ahead of the game. With Joe Milton, what is the number one thing NFL people need to see from him at, at this event when he gets down there? Is it going to be the interview process, talking through the game? What, what do they need to see from Joe Milton? I think the interview process is going to be fine because you guys were around him at SEC media days. He's got a ton of comfortable any situation he's in. Like even watching him down there in the Manning camp this summer around all the other guys, like he was, you know, he's, he's kind of got some it factor to him. Uh, he's a cool kid. Uh, I think the biggest thing is going to be the accuracy part. You know, I think everyone can look back to when Josh Allen was in the senior bowl and I mean, everyone's got a story how a ball came flying into the stands and, and Josh wasn't the most accurate guy. And now we've seen how that panned out. I think, I think if you're in a draft room right now and you're fighting for Joe Milton and you're trying to make a cause for your team to draft Joe Milton, you're pointing at Josh Allen, and then you're just going back to last year with Anthony Richardson. Because, you know, a year ago at this time, I had a conversation, or just about a year ago at this time, I had a conversation with the GM talking about Anthony Richardson. He said, Jim, you could make an unbelievable highlight tape of this guy, and you could make a pretty bad low light tape, tape of this guy as well. I think you could say something similar about Joe. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to be the fourth overall pick in the draft, but people that think that Joe Milton's going to like slide and slide on draft day and get into like the fifth round, that that's not going to happen. I mean, this guy's he, he's huge. He's a good athlete. He has a rare arm. Um, that's going to be must must watch TV there. Just, just <laughs> with Joe Milton down here. Um, but if Anthony Richardson goes four overall to Indianapolis, I don't think Joe Milton's, you know, I think there's a good chance he ends up going on day two. That's Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, uh, longtime NFL scout and uh, front office guy who's knows the game. And, and, and knows I, the league. when I hear him say that Joe Milton, he sees him as a second 
day guy, which mean around two or three draft pick, saying that he's not going to fall to the fifth round. Like, first of all, I was of the opinion that he would be lucky to get drafted at all. But here's a guy that knows a lot more about the NFL draft than I do, and probably more than anybody listening to this program right now, saying that, no, he not only is he not falling that far, he's probably going to be taken on the second day. Yeah. That's why, I mean, with that being said, why would Joe, like, if I, I don't know why he wouldn't opt out. And I'm, I'm not saying it the way some of our callers do, like, he really should, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I just think it would be a, he needs to opt out, man, and get ready for that. I wouldn't take a chance on getting hurt. It's bizarre. Because I, I want to see Nico in the bowl game. I mean, I've been pretty clear about that for weeks now. But, uh, you know, I just I, – maybe there's something I don't know. I, I, I don't see Joe having a ton of success in the NFL. Accuracy and quick processing seem to be difficult for him. And I don't know if those are necessarily fixable – and it's not like Tennessee runs the most quarterback complex offense in the world. It's going to be much more complex at the next level for him. But all that being said, I mean, it's going to be a great thing for Tennessee if he gets drafted and Heupel is able to go back on the recruiting trail and say, hey, you know, two years in a row, we put quarterbacks in the NFL. I've coached two guys here, two starters here, and they, they're both playing pro football. And it sounds like Nico is a pro prospect as well. So, I mean, imagine that, like, being a couple of years into this thing and being 100% as far as putting your starters in the National Football League. I mean, when are we going to see it translate on the recruiting trail? <laughs> I mean, does it matter if you're putting guys in the, in, in the league at that position? I know Willie says uh, Jughead, as he calls him, can't recruit. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll find out next year. Here's the thing, man. You're you're putting guys in. You're putting your quarterbacks in the league. You put a tight end, Fant's playing for the Dallas Cowboys now in the league last year. It sounds like Castles is going to get a look. We'll see what happens with Warren. Uh, you put an offensive lineman 10th overall in the league last year. All these guys that are Two coming receivers. back, I don't know if they're high draft picks, but they're all going to get camp invites. They're all going to get an opportunity to play in the league, and I'll be stunned if one or two of them don't end up having NFL careers. You've already put Hyatt and Tillman in the league. Um, I mean, Young's so, up for uh, Pro Bowl. Were you, did you know that? Who? Young. Defensive end? Byron, well, I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, you know, your, your receivers are going to the NFL – pretty consistently um you've got some defensive linemen in there i still think you got to get better in the secondary i mean that that's the one where it's like okay where where's the talent back there you've got talent at all at all the other places but man it, it is a far cry from remember the the back-to-back -back years 10 years or so ago under botch when we didn't get anybody drafted none. two years in a row not a single guy drafted none oh it was awful it's stunning. It, it kills your program. It absolutely destroys it. 
Because then you really can't recruit. The best thing for Joe would be to get drafted by a team that's already got a guy. If you draft him and you're hoping that he's going to be your guy, I think you're going to be disappointed. But I could see him going out there and backing up an established starter, no pressure on him, going to look good carrying that clipboard. And if he gets in the right spot where he can do that for a couple of years, he'll make several million dollars. Oh, yeah, and if he can stick around long enough like Dobbs and some, some of the other guys that have just kind of hung around in the league, you get that pension. What a weird sport. <laughs> this guy that everybody want, doesn't even want to see play in the bowl game. Here we are having a realistic conversation about his NFL career. Well, him being a day, a day two guy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if he'd won a couple more games, he might have uh, he might have worked his way. It, it would not have taken much for him to work his way into the first round this year. That's the saddest part. It really wouldn't have. Because he's got all the intangibles. All those guys drool over, you know, arm strength, his size, all that. Same reason Anthony Richardson got drafted. You think eight, Anthony? Six, five, five, four, six, eight, two, zero, zero. Your number to get on the show this afternoon. Five, four, six, eighty-two hundred. If you want to chime in, join the festivities today. Stay with us. The drive continues. More fan run radio coming up. All got run over by a reindeer. Walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. As for me and Grandpa, we believe she'd been drinking too much. Big and run radio. The drive continues live this afternoon from Parkside Kia in West Knoxville. Russell Bear Tucker back with you doing the thing. Talking a little uh, football here this afternoon. Big basketball game tomorrow. Again, join us live as soon as it's over on the Fan Run Twitter account. We'll be doing voluntary reaction with Davey Hudson late night could get a little bit loose. Heupel bringing in some prospects this weekend, too. They've got practice starting tomorrow. We've got a junior college defensive lineman, Jamal Wallace, from Sierra College in Rockland, California, coming in on a visit. We've got a tight end from California. This is a high school prospect from Junipero Serra High School, Cole Harrison, three-star kid. They would like to have a high school tight end to go with the transfer tight end that they're hoping to get, of course, um, Dingle from Kentucky is visiting this weekend, and then the stays thing is out there. That sounds like a first person to commit, gets the spot type situation right now. Marad Watson, it's a good name. What's your confidence level on the stays kid right now? I mean, who knows? I think it's 50-50. We get stays or dingle. I'm fine with either one. Who would Who would you prefer? Stays. All right. But that's just because I'm an idiot and dingle went to Kentucky. What the hell do I know, you know? I think stays has got a little bit more to him. As a little far more as, athleticism. Yeah, a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more speed. A little higher ceiling, you think? And yeah. he didn't go to Kentucky. We don't have to coach the Kentucky out of him. That too. Marad Watson, uh, Irvington High School in New Jersey. 
committed to Kent State 10 days ago, and just hours later, he got offered by Rutgers in Nebraska. So his recruitment has taken off. He also has a Syracuse offer, and he's visiting Tennessee this weekend. So Rodney Garner has taken an interest in this guy. Could be one of Rodney's diamonds in the rough. It's cool with me. Yeah. Willie Rodriguez, we talked about him, the Kentucky commitment from Covington Catholic High School in Park Hills, Kentucky. TJ said he wasn't coming here, no way. TJ said no no way, no how. We, we ain't getting him. Yeah. Which, which just makes me want to get him even more, just to steal him away from Kentucky. I don't know if the kid play. I'm petty like that. Yeah, we could use a space just for the – just to lord it over TJ. We, could, we burn a scholarship on that kid for that. And then Devin Marshall, a sophomore at Villanova, who's in the transfer portal, is visiting this weekend as well. He is a cornerback. Okay. Also has offers from Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, NC State, Pitt, Boston College, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and Houston. Sounds like Tennessee's the best offer on there if they offer him. So, you guys, when you guys take the 10,000-foot view of where we're at right now, it seems to be, we've heard it all week, a lot of gnashing of the teeth about, you know, not being able, I've seen people complaining about Spire and Hypel that they can't close the deal, but it, I feel like we're in a pretty good spot going into next year right now. Now, we need some guys to come through, mainly DBs, but, I mean, the biggest hurdle is we got almost our entire offensive line back. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely take that view. I would rather have proven starters back that you already know can play. I would rather have those guys back than take a chance on a portal player or even a high school player who you you don't know as much about. Right. I mean, look at all the look at all the first round busts you see in the NFL draft, and and then think about you know high school players are even more unknown quantities than that. So I'd rather keep the guys that that we kept. Now, on the same hand, I will say, like, I wish we were recruiting against Alabama and Georgia more. Like, when you read off that offer list of the the dude from Villanova, it's like, man, it's okay to be recruiting against Vandy and Mississippi State and Cincinnati for – a couple of guys. If you see them as diamonds in the rough, or or maybe you just need a body set, like, but you want to be, you know, more often than not, recruiting against the best of the best. Yep. And I, I wish we were doing that a little bit more. I mean, we've done it some. Boo Carter. You know, he could have gone. I think he had a, a great offer offer list. Mike Matthews. He could have gone anywhere. Jordan Ross is a five-star still on 247. But there's also a couple of dudes on on our commitment list that don't have, you know, that that Alabama, Georgia, you know, uh, Michigan weren't weren't beating down the door trying to sign. I mean, you named off one of them. I'll also say this, and and Davey texted us this earlier, Bear, like he – um, he was saying the the 
the star per the the recruit ranking. I'm not sure what the terminology is here. Let me pull up Davy's thing. He said, it, it, "I know people aren't happy with where the recruiting class is ranking, but it's eighth in the country per average recruit ranking." Yeah, that that takes out. The, remember how Butch used to have those highly ranked classes, but it was when he was signing like 60 kids. He'd sign like 63 stars or something silly. Yeah, some Butch Jones math. This eliminates um, that. Is how I took it. The way he's explained it to me, he tried. He explained it to me uh, last week about this. So, but yeah, that's why I'm not that. I'm actually in a pretty good spot. I'm in a good place right now, Russell. Taking Christmas yeah, I mean, so off, I, you know, I, everything. I, I, well, you you got to push. Like it, this, this sport is so cutthroat, man. If you're not pushing, if you're not, you you, you should if you're satisfied for just a second you get passed by so yes. you you can't be satisfied and i think we need more talent in the secondary i'm, I'm fine with the receivers fine with the o-line we're all excited about nico i like samson and selden i feel like you know maybe you want another elite back behind those guys in case somebody gets dinged but pretty good pretty fine with with offense i think they're going to find the answers to the tight end situation here very soon I'm fine with the offense. D-line, you got some talent there, and you got Rodney Garner. Linebacker, you're much better with the talent that you got in there now than you were a year or two ago. That's getting better. But secondary is still a question mark, and it's like, where are the dudes? And every time you see some of these guys coming in, it's like, well, you're you're competing against NC State and Iowa and Cincinnati and Houston and it's like man where, where are the corners and safeties that Alabama and Clemson are recruiting and I, I just don't see a ton of those dudes yet so hmm. that that would be my nitpick and I think you have to nitpick at this stuff or like I said or, or you get satisfied and, and you don't get better we can't just sit around and say well our, our recruiting is going better than Missouri it's like, okay, yeah, we, we, we want to – Florida's recruiting is going really good. They still got a top-10 class, even though they've lost a couple of guys. They sucked this year. We should be recruiting better than them. Like that, I see that criticism online and sometimes hear it on this show, and that's fair to me. We should be ahead of some of these teams that we're not. So, okay. I mean, Heupel's got to sit down and, you know, you got to – whether that's, hey, our NIL isn't together enough or – Maybe you got to make a staff change. Maybe you got to bring in another hired gun. Maybe you've got to get better as a head coach at the recruiting position. Maybe you, maybe you need a defensive coordinator. I don't know. It's got to be all on the table. You got to look at all these things. Need players. Always got to have players. 865-546-8200. Your number to get on the show here this afternoon. 546-8200 if you want to chime in. While we have a minute here, I would like to say a fond farewell to my good friend, Nate Hodges. Nate has hosted our morning show, Three and Out, for the past six or seven years now, however long I've been here. And he owned, owned the station, has, has recently sold it. We are under new management, as we've been saying, for, uh, for a while now. It's been a transition process. And today was Nate's last show on Three and Out. Going to miss hearing him, his voice in the morning, him and Houston together. I don't know what the plans are for the morning show. I'm sure that we will find 
a stellar production, as David Lee Roth would say, to bring to you. But uh, for now, all I want to say is, Nate, well done, sir, and uh, best of luck in your future endeavors. Here, here. That was a good send-off. It's been a heck of a ride. I mean, did Nate make a few mistakes along the way? Well, Bear's still here. Whoa! I mean, uh, Whoa! Nobody's perfect. Perhaps a stronger manager would have stepped in at some point and put an end to to that. Whatever, you know, our producer, whatever happened there. He, he, I did talk to him one time about it. He said, "My, he was always in awe of my absolute brutal. Like once I get caught doing something, my absolute one hundred percent honesty." And owning up to what I did. Let that be a lesson for you, Marcus and Tucker and you young guys. When you get caught doing something. I will flat out. Like with Nate, yeah. I did that, Nate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're only going to make it worse. I would suggest you don't do you don't do something that you would, quote, get caught doing. Well, I, maybe that was a poor choice of words, Russ. All right. But you do have to admit, I have not been in trouble. <laughs> in trouble with what management. You, what are you? Fourteen years old? For, You're in trouble. I mean, we're going. To, it's a it's a multi year streak now. Multi year streak of me not not getting called to the principal's office. So how long? How far removed are we from red button? Oh, the red red button was set? the red button was what? Was that 2016 or 17? It was years ago. That was that was my first Years big. Ago. That was a, that was how I announced myself uh, to Nate as a, uh, I guess a. Yeah, I can't imagine what he must have been thinking when he got that call late at night. You know that red button on the wall. We all kind of wondered what it did, but remember he's like half asleep to press it. It's like, why did well, he? Why would he press the red button? Bear pressed it. <laughs> you were screaming. It doesn't matter now. What do we do? <laughs> I mean, every light, every whirring noise, every you know, just parcel of electricity on the forty eighth no, right down here just ceased immediately. It's the most eerie silence I've ever experienced. Well, you and Chance are in the in the booth. You didn't really hear it. Like it made that it made when I hit it, Tucker. It made that it made this sound. It went, <laughs> <laughs> and then went dark. And Chance was like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> I so. can picture that. You should have just said you didn't know what happened. You probably could have pulled that off. Wait, what was that whole lesson that just you just deny said about you die? No. Taking, taking uh -uh. responsibility. I didn't say that. That's Bear's response. I mean, I, I tell you to deny until you die. You get, if you do something that bad and, and there's a chance you can get away with it, just don't tell anyone. That's what I would do. But Maz, I wonder how much this place aged. I mean, you think about all the stuff. I mean, we're just kidding around, but I mean, not kidding around, but the whole deal with the red button. But I mean, just all the stuff, PR nightmares I mean, he had to put up with. I mean, Cody. Here's the guy on that show. You ever watch that show? Another four, or not? Another, uh, Forty-eight hours on A and E. They like find the guy who's been accused of murder, and they sit him down and interrogate him. I haven't seen that. Bears the guy that doesn't ask for a lawyer. Oh no, like, no! You don't get it twisted. His, his innocence at first, and they're like, 
hey, were you in the vicinity of Fourth Street and, and Elm at about 10? Yeah, I did it. <laughs> the guy just no. immediately confesses. No, I wouldn't. Uh, Nate, Nate's one thing. Cops are another. Lawyer. That's the only word I know. But, yeah, I mean, Quick just think about it. Uh, he's it just really going to miss Nate over the years. He's, he's really put up with a lot from a lot of us. Quick timeout. The drive continues. Hour number three will begin with Tucker Harlan's top five at five. A bunch of little UT football nuggets for you. If you're just joining us, Tucker will get you caught up when we continue next right here on Fan Run Radio. Thank you.